0: Omega Man Radio has been commissioned to invade deep into enemy territory, drive out the hosts of hell, and take back the land. Our mission is to preach Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who is the only name written under heaven by which men might be saved, cast out demons, and pray for the sick that they may be healed in Jesus' name.
1: with Shannon Davis. Folks, welcome aboard. This is a live show Thursday, October 12th, 2023. Welcome wherever you're tuning in from. If you'd like to have a friend tune in, just send them to our website, and they can pick how they want to listen. Send them over to OmegaManRadio.com. Um, Brother Gary, welcome back. How you doing, my friend?
2: Well, I'm doing fine, and uh, we uh, have Tiffany that's going to lead us in prayer.
1: Tiffany, do the honor. Oh.
0: Lord, we just thank you today for your presence, your love, and your anointing. We thank you that your hand is upon us, God. We thank you that we relinquish control right now in Jesus' name and just let you have your way. God, I thank you that you bring back remembrance, everything that needs to come back, um, everything that needs to be discussed today, that you're in complete control of it. Right now in Jesus' name, I thank you for your anointing on Gary, on me, on Shannon. And have your way, Jesus. We thank you and we praise you for it. Amen.
2: Amen. And I uh, would like to add something from Psalm 122. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Amen. May the they prosper who love you, peace be within you, and prosperity ...within your palaces, and uh, for the sake of, of all, that there be uh, a compassion, and uh, let there be no sin, no, no further attack on the people of Jerusalem. Bring healing and restoration to their mind, body, souls, and spirit, and let them be drawn to the presence and the ability and knowledge of Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Amen. Thank you, Father. Well, we had to add that because of what's gone on in the last week, and, uh, you know, we'd like to just say good day and good evening. Fellow listeners, how in the world are you? It's uh, good having you back, and uh, for the first time, listener, we have a different program most every week, and we have an awesome guest today, Tiffany Ademi, who has been on before, and even Brother Shannon has had her on because of her testimony. And it was awesome, walking the steps of revelation and healing, and uh, it's amazing. How can one possibly think that this could be happening today? And yet it is through various people like Tiffany who have gone out, and brought the light and the love and the Word of God to those who would listen. Now, I'm going to also tell you that we'll be taking Worldwide Communion toward the end of the program, so you may want to take a moment to get some bread or some crackers and some wine or grape juice or whatever you'll be using you know, as God looks at your repentant heart more than what he looks in the cup. And Tiffany, I would like to make a brief intro (laughs) and then we'll be pressed, uh, pressed to proceed with your testimony. And Tiffany was born in Charlotte, North Carolina, and raised and educated in the Hamlet, North Carolina. And uh, now, Tiffy, you said to me that your mom was a teenager when she realized she was pregnant with you. Tell them uh, how this all played out in your life. Well,
0: um, my mom was actually 14, um, when she realized she was pregnant and 15 when she had me and was born at seven months instead of nine. Um, But she did not choose to abort me, and neither did her mother. And my grandmother had a huge part in raising me as well. And um, so I just thank God for that. I know God had his hand on my life for long, you know, for my whole life.
2: (laughs) Awesome. Awesome. And you know what? A 15 year old girl would not know the destiny that God had for your life. And it's that destiny that you're walking out one day at a time and, uh, how He provided. I understand that your mom was, uh, was around you and and it was like having a sister. Yeah. She she was age seven uh, before she moved on to get married and your grandma uh took over and she was some lady. Now I understand that uh Tiffany was raised and educated in uh Hamlet, uh North Carolina, but at age fifteen you uh you you're at a crusade and uh tell them what uh what happened what important decision did you make
0: i had um gone to a crusade at my high school um freddie gage one of billy graham's evangelists and uh really really growing up in a drug dealer's home. um, And I was just tired of everything I saw. I knew that wasn't the life I wanted. I knew there weren't good things to come. I knew that the devil was real. I wanted to know who God was. And by the second night of that crusade, I let go of the bleachers and ran down and gave my heart to the Lord.
2: Wow. Now, what happened to you when you did that? Did you feel any freedom or any peace?
0: I felt a lot of weight come off of me. Um, I remember seeing one of the drug dealers that that, that was bringing stuff to my dad's house um, down there beside me um, at the altar. And I remember that we prayed for my dad. And... Um, but I just remember a lot of weight coming off and um, losing the desire for anything that that would have pulled me away from the Lord. And I didn't understand totally who the Lord was, but I felt His presence, and I knew that He was real at that point.
2: Now, I understand from you that for three months you were attending a local church. <laughs> And uh, you were in prayer when something awesome happened. Would you tell us what happened, and uh, especially the following year?
0: Um, I was in the youth group. Um, about three months after my salvation, I was going to a church called Hallelujah Deliverance. Um. They had come out of the free will Baptist movement, but they had become spirit filled. So, of course, you know, they kind of got put out, really, um, because they received the entire Bible. So um, the presence of God was there. It was strong. I, I knew that I had heard people pray in their prayer language, and I wanted it too. And when I asked the Lord for it, it did happen. Um It didn't happen strongly right then, but then one night uh, close after that, when I was home by myself and worshiping the Lord, I got my entire prayer language.
2: Awesome. Awesome. And I understand you even went into a women's prison to offer salvation to those who would listen and many did give their lives to Jesus. Tell us about it.
0: Um, I began to go into the Charlotte-Mecklenburg County Jail with a lady um, named Judith Kikendall. Um I'm not even sure where she's at now. Um, I know that she's either gone to be with the Lord or just a lot older. But um, she took me in there, and... Um, I worked right alongside of her to reach out to these women. Um, I had to learn uh, that no matter what was going on, that I couldn't pay attention to that, that I had to I quickly and early learn to flow in the Holy Spirit. Um, I don't know if any of you guys have been in a women's prison, but the women's block is a lot worse than the men's. Um, I, you know, I don't know totally why, I just know that they get emotionally damaged more than men do, so they're a lot rougher to deal with. I uh, At 16, I had women <laughs> in front of the bars with their clothes off, crazy things like that, and I had to learn to preach anyway, and share the Word of God anyway, and not pay attention to that, and... um I thank God for the gift of God that enabled me to do that, that it didn't distract me. The Lord would just say, look at the wall back there and don't pay that person any attention because it was their demons manifesting and, um, you know, trying to stop the word of God from going forth. So over the years, I've had to learn to deal with that kind of stuff. And it's came in handy in in the mission field and in Belize and Mexico and Guatemala and other places I've been to so I just thank God for His supernatural giftings in my life because otherwise I would uh, not be flowing in the Holy Spirit when stuff like that happen um, I heard Tracy Stewart say one time that you could sell fish under her nose while she was preaching and it wouldn't stop her and it wouldn't change any of the words that were said that she was just lost in the anointing and in the presence of Jesus. And that's well, what I learned to do early on.
2: Well, I understand you went to Bible college in Cleveland, Tennessee, and uh, at age 19, you're you you're out of college and, and then. Where do you go?
0: Well, I I graduated high school at 17, which was quite early. I left Hamlet, North Carolina when I was 19. I'm trying to remember the ages now, but I know I graduated Bible college in 93 and high school in 89. So I was 19 when I went to Bible college, I think. In wow. 21, when I graduated, um, I did go on my first missions trip while I was in Bible college. They did, um, have me doing, um, street ministry, um, at the college early on, um, with a friend of mine from Canada. Um, just a lot of hands-on training while I was in school. Um, the first trip we took, um, we went to LA. And I uh, went to Amy Simple McPherson's church, and I remember we did Drama in Mime. We had 150 Hispanics come to the Lord. Um, that night, they came up on the stage and gave their heart to the Lord. And uh, after that is when I started going to Mexico and some of these other places, sharing the Word of God, too, besides in the prisons you know, or the jails. I mean, I didn't go in a lot of prisons. I've been in a lot of jails, though. <coughs>
2: Yeah, I know I understand that you told me uh that you went twice a year and you helped build 18 churches with your group. Is that true?
0: It is true. Um we met up with people we didn't even know at the border um in Matamoras, um in Brownsville, Texas there. Um we spent the night together in that area, had dinner together, prayed together, and then crossed the border to do missions work the next morning. Um, on every trip, um, we worked alongside with the, with the Mexicans and people from other nations. There were Canadians, there were British people, there were American people, um, amazing group of people. The larger part of the group was from Alabama. Um, Tuscaloosa, Alabama area, um, just a different kind of people. They were very good people to work with, not afraid of work, not afraid of anything, and submitted to the Lord. So we did very well building those churches. Uh, they went anywhere from two and a half days to build one to we have built one in one and a half days um, but they were small churches about a hundred seated about a hundred people.
2: Amazing. Amazing. And uh, all because people were bonding together with a common purpose, and they did signs and wonders and built churches that they might have a place to gather and realize the plan of God for their lives. Amazing. Amazing. Anything else
0: that you should sure want to share? Um, you know, one of the main things I remember, and I still have that picture. I ran across it the other day. It's a husband and wife and a and a baby um, that were laid out in the mud in Mexico, and I remember that being the most amazing thing I had ever seen because Americans don't do that. Americans don't get their clothes dirty. They don't want anointing oil on their hair or on their face. They don't want anything on their clothes. So, um, you know, Americans don't do a lot of stuff like that. I know that um, early on in my Christianity, I had actually had a pastor at Adelaide Deliverance that would pour oil on top of my head and let it run down. And I had my flesh had a hard time with that then. So I remember when that family in Mexico went out as a whole family in the spirit and the Lord was ministering to them that it stood out in my mind as uh, you know seeing how much they loved the Lord they didn't care about themselves or their stuff or what they thought but it was what the Lord wanted to do in their life and that was the most important thing
2: well, um, I I tell you you have been active in missions and women's prisons for uh or women's g- groups uh where there had been um, bad things happened to good people and bad things happen to bad people and uh your your reach out uh, or outreach is uh really really amazing, as well as the people that you worked with, and, uh, you're taking, you're taking your focus to other countries now, and, uh, anything changing with your prison ministry?
0: Um, the jail ministry is starting back up here in Horry County at the beach where I live. I've been in there about 10 years, but, um... Of course, COVID shut everything down. They weren't letting anybody in that wasn't vaccinated and all that crazy stuff. Um, by now, I think the whole world knows that the vaccines didn't keep any virus away. They were there for another reason. Um, but we're getting ready to go back into the jail. Um, and I normally go to the men's cell block here, which I've always done both. Um the men are much more respectful and easier to reach. I think it's because they're not as emotional as women are. Um, you know, women that get mistreated can be really rough. Um, and you have to, you know, there's seasons when you're anointed to deal with it, and there's seasons when you're not. So, um, but we're going back in there. I think primarily to go to the men's cell blocks right now. And uh, it's been a while since I've been in the women's uh, jail, um, but I would go again. It just depends on what they need, what the needs are when we go back. So um, I don't know if groups have stepped out. I don't know if people are still there or what's going on, but whatever God wants me to do is what I'm going to do, and that's the way we all should be.
2: I understand that you're uh you're you're also going to um uh, a a new ministry that you've been doing for the last couple of years Belize and uh, tell us about that.
0: Um we've been over in Belize now 8 or 9 times I lose count. We've been a lot um a lady that's on my heart right now is a lady named Concepcióna. She was in the village of Corazón. She still lives there. Um one of our early trips, we prayed for her eyes and um she couldn't see um completely. It was just blurry and she had an infection in her eyes from the river because they bathe in the river they wash clothes in the river they do other things in the river sometimes too so um she had gotten an infection and we were praying for her. and i know um my my uh, fiance at the time which i'm married to my husband now but he was there and he'd never seen anything like that and i know the lord said step back and uh and let the light in the house you know, so you can see what I'm doing with their eyes. And when we finally got the lady to pray, it wasn't us, uh, we don't have anything. But when we got the lady to pray the word of God over her own eyes, they were completely healed. And when I stepped out of the door, she started screaming that she could see. Um, we went back there two or three years later, and her eyes were still healed. She was still doing well. And that's what we want to find. Um, In the mission field, a lot of times, you know, it takes us a while to see the same people again because we want to continue to go to new villages. And um, it's always very encouraging when we see someone that that Jesus has touched and they're still walking in complete healing.
2: Uh, It's it's amazing. And (laughs) you talked about the children being healed of fever and... uh, how does that fever disappear?
0: Um we I, I tend to um go hut to hut when I'm there. A lot of people don't like that. Um I don't I don't really care. <laughs> That's what the Lord's told me to do. I'm praying for a team that is always willing to do that because God does more in the homes of the people and going door to door a lot of times than he even does in the church service. And that's an integral part of getting people to the church service. So we go from house to house and we prayed for babies and every child from the first trip that we prayed for that had fever. Um, of course the parents would offer the child up for prayer before they would even have us pray for them. And that makes sense. Most parents are that way. Um, so, we prayed for the babies, and I would say, "Check the baby and see you know see what's going on with the fever, and it would be gone and uh
2: um, and and uh, you said that the the parents, the mother and father, seeing their child suddenly be without fever because they don't have the money for medicine that uh that caused them to to, uh, convert to Christianity and accepting Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Is there, and, oh, <laughs> you said something about a salvation doll, uh, and for the kids and, and what, tell us about that. I don't know what a salvation doll is. We had
0: a lady, or we still have the lady. She's in uh, Mullen, South Carolina. She's making our dolls right now for the next trip in December. Um, They have a little necklace on them. One side of the doll's face has a frowny face. The other side has a smile. Um, She actually, we started having them all one color. Now they're all different colors. Um, So we take, you know, white dolls, black dolls, brown dolls, um, all of that. Um, And God really moves. We go into a lot of Garifuna villages over there. Um, Those are um, Caribbean, African people. Um, And so we began to take different colors of dolls um, because we needed them, because we were going to different people um primarily go to the catchy indians but these dolls when you give them to the kids of course they want the doll because they don't have stuff like that um so we give them those little handmade handmade dolls and we just get down on the level of the children and look them in the eyes and show them the doll and teach them with the doll the salvation message and um Say, now you can have this doll if you'll share that message with your friends and family, and uh, the kids do that. So, um, there's a black bead on there, of course, that's for sin. That's where the where the there's a bracelet around the neck of the doll or necklace around the neck of the doll that has these beads on it, and of course, the black is for sin. And then um, as you go through the beads, there's all different colors. And we teach the kids what all these colors mean. Um, Black is for sin. Um, White is for Jesus' blood washing away the sin. We have a red bead for the blood of Jesus uh, that washes away the sin. And and then the white bead is after that one. So it's black, red, white. Um, And then they go through the colors. So we have... um, The yellow that stands for heaven, the green that stands for new life, and the blue that stands for the Holy Spirit, um, the baptism of the Holy Spirit in the prayer language. Um, And, of course, we teach them, and it takes the Holy Spirit to draw you to repentance and give your heart to the Lord. So this is what we use to teach the kids. I know I've been going over there for years now, so I go back and I see some of these kids, and they'll run out and say, I still have the doll. And uh, these kids are in their teens now. And uh, yeah. they'll tell me stories about sharing sharing salvation with other kids and their family and what God has done with these dolls, so that's always encouraging.
2: Well, you know you're talking about teenagers and And uh I remember there were a bunch of walls that were deflated and taken with you because uh, you had so many things to carry and people uh to go in and live a part of what happened in the bible and uh tell me about those balls that you were deflating.
0: Um, we try to get as many soccer balls as we can because these children play soccer all the time. Um, that's their main thing that they do in the villages where our kids, you know, play video games, which I I personally hate the things. I don't like video games, and um, I don't think it's good for children to play or to be on the Internet like that more than an hour or two at the most a day. Um, but in these villages, they're not on there at all. And so they're outside playing soccer and you'll give a child one of these soccer balls and they'll, um, they'll share it with the whole village because it takes a team to play soccer, right? So, um, they're out there playing soccer with these soccer balls. The kids are excited to get them. Um, they take care of them, keep them clean and keep them as long as they can. They'll use those soccer balls until they're, they're getting holes in them, um. And The kids need shoes over there, too, so a lot of times if we can get a hold of shoes, we usually have to buy those there because you can't take all that stuff in um, to give them that. Some of these villagers need rice and beans and different things as well to help them. Um, salt and sugar is something they often have to go get. Um but they do grow sugar cane there, but um, they go to the store to buy a couple of things. But they're very self-sustaining. The Indians are in fantastic shape. Um, they might live in one room, but most of them are not starving. It's like like I said, they need soccer balls and shoes, you know. Um, many people have taken um, and they built a lot of schools over there for the kids um to go to in the villages so there's generally a nice school in each village. Um some of the things we're dealing with now is you know I, I normally help a church do this or that and I do it anonymously or I do it quietly um because like most countries they think Americans have a lot of money. Um I really don't. But God has all the money in the world, so I've been able to help a lot of churches. We've helped one in, uh, in Barranco to get the roof on the church and some different things. Um, we helped another one the other year in Awakate, um, to get stuff for their church and, um. You know, so those churches are still doing well, but now I've got people asking me to help with everything, and you, then you have to use your discernment. <laughs>
2: yeah. Because
0: it's like, all right, well, you got 12 churches in that village, I'm not helping again, you know, and you know, I'll have to do it somewhere else. Um, because they don't need that. You know, over there, it's this is a lot of the teaching that we do. Um, It's like a job and uh, they don't work together with the other pastors, and there's a lot of things that they do, so you try to encourage them to work together. Um, I try to meet in community centers as much as I can and um, get all the pastors to come together and try to teach them that teamwork is is the best way because the church and the denominations and all that stuff are man-made, so... um, We've made headway in that area quite a bit, um, but, of course, there always needs to be more, and um, so we work like that, and then I'm reminded of a guy that was on the trip with us that uh, we took a pastor with us because we got married in Belize, so we were doing the missions trip, and we got married at the end of it, Um and we're preaching during the, you know, during all that time too. So, um, the pastor's son had fallen into a hole in a cave we were in way up in Blue Creek in the mountains and had hit his head and was going under. And, um, the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, reach down there and grab him. He, he's gone. And, um, and so I, I had had a lot of lifeguard training, and I had grabbed him and pulled him out, and we were praying in the Spirit. And um, Ryan actually came back. You know, he had knocked himself in the head, and knocked him out, but he came back while we were praying. So we have a lot of stuff happen, you know, with the Belizeans and with our own team, depending on what's going on. So um, God always shows up, and he always um, takes care of the problem.
2: Now, when are you going again? I mean, this is walking through the Bible. This is seeing signs, miracles, and wonders taking place before your very eyes. I mean, this has got to be a life-changing event. Tell us when you're going again.
0: Uh, we're going back December 4th through 17th. Um, I'm still looking for more people to, to join the team to go. Um, like I said, we go hut to hut, and we try to meet in community centers as much as we can and um, to get the pastors to work together. Um, of course, after you've been going for a while, they try to funnel you into this church or that church, and, and you actually have to fight against that. Um because the community centers are always the better deal um for the body of Christ as a whole, and uh you know reminded too that when that boy hit his head the the guide that was with us because we were going through an underground cave and uh swimming in an underground river when all that stuff happened, and um that man and his daughter gave their heart to the Lord and we're both filled with the Holy Spirit after that stuff happened. So God does what he does for a reason. And uh, we're looking forward to going back and uh, doing whatever God wants to do. You know, it's never the same, but it's mostly the same, you know. Um,
2: you know, I, uh, uh, I, I I think this is Awesome, Tiffany, and and that's why I asked you to come back and why Shannon has had you on, because people don't realize that the Bible is alive and well and working even every day. Now, they may not see it because they didn't go, and I found somebody... Who couldn't didn't have the time to to go on one of these mission trips, but he said, "If I can't go, I want somebody to be able to go and gave him money and Then, when people heard that the person had given money, they said, "Oh, I can do that and they also contributed money, and some contributed for the 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 uh, soccer balls and, <laughs> and some of them uh, they had uh outgrown baby clothes, and they gave them yeah. because they packed well and uh, little shoes and there is so much that if people just Called you, and I see your website. I think it's uh, uh, Lucy Jane Two One One.
0: Yeah, at gmail dot com. That's the email, and that's also the the PayPal account too.
2: That's awesome. This would be a way that you could make things happen, and God will see. Your heart. And we'll bless it because you reached out to somebody who didn't know God. And, and, uh, you reached out to somebody that needed shoes. And, and, uh, I mean, uh, I, I think this is just awesome. And you have a, a, a mission report, I think, gofundme.com is that right
0: um we're we're not on gofundme at all anymore um we just use the paypal and the email um okay and then there's a mailing address um for that the ministry uses that they can send money to as well
2: okay and what would that be uh what address would that be
0: the mailing address is uh, is Tiffany Adamey, my name, and then it's 78 Shadow Moss Place, North Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, 29582.
2: All right. Well, I'm telling you, if you can't go, then send money so that somebody can go, or send money that... Somebody can have shoes. You take it for granted the shoes that you have on your feet, but I'm telling you, uh, there's many of uh, a, a, a broken twig or uh, a s prickly thing that you can walk on. And you know what? You're letting the light shine and you all have that light, and some of you have been anxious about this and anxious about that, and and rightly so, but the thing is, is that God is in control, and he wants so much for you to be blessed, because you can't out-give God. And, uh, Tiffany is uh preparing to bring you to the times of the Bible where people are being healed. And I, I, I want uh I, I thought this was kinda cute. Uh, you had a situation where your dad passed away and uh he had prescription glasses. And you decided to take them. And I, I don't know why you took them, because they were prescription glasses, but tell them what happened.
0: So I took Dad's prescription glasses, because I knew in those countries people can't afford glasses, and I, and I just had to believe God to find somebody uh, that they would be the right prescription for. Um we went into a village and I was presenting them to different people, but um, this particular pastor, I felt like I was supposed to uh, see if he wanted them, and he tried them on and he said, "Oh my goodness!" He said they're they're perfect. He said I can see everything through these glasses, and they're and they're the right prescription. So, um, and he said he had been praying for God to provide um, new glasses for him because he's preaching and reading the word, and he needs to see. Um, So that pastor got those. Another thing we did is uh, uh, I took my dad's ashes. Um, He always said he wanted to be cremated, so we just did what he wanted, but um, I took half of his ashes to Belize, and they were spread in about 13 villages across Belize as well. So dad said I'm not going on a missions trip with you, and I thought, well, you did now.
2: (laughs) Uh, Well, I I tell you, um, this this is, uh, I've known uh, uh, Tiffany uh, for years, and she used to go uh, to our home group or connect group, as they now call it, and, uh, she'd, uh, arrive sometimes a little late because of her schedule and, uh, uh, we'd, uh, clean up from, uh, having some 30 people in a home and where we had three different music groups and, uh, Tiffany <laughs> was a part of this and do you know I didn't know any of this. Why? Because she was doing it unto the Lord. And she was being trained up in such a way I knew nothing about. And, oh, she always had a great smile. And her mom came the first time. We prayed that she was going uh, to, uh, uh, to the Central America and believe. And, uh, and uh, I met her mom, and she was a lovely lady. And all because she allowed this child to live. She had a decision to make. And at 15 years of age, you know, you don't want to have a child. But she realized that was what happened. And it was God's plan because he had to have a child that he could reveal his destiny for that child. And that was Tiffany Azemi. So, people just realize that you have an opportunity to live out the Bible in in Belize, which is the old country of British Columbia, I think, <laughs> and um, have an opportunity in Central America to reach out and touch. Somebody and these children are taking those salvation dolls and telling the Word of God as they know it to their parents. Their parents get saved, other children get saved, and maybe it's a, a soccer ball or shoes or a medicine. That they can now afford. And you have the opportunity to be God's hand extended. And, uh, I just want to, uh, share with you that, uh, I mentioned earlier to you, uh, that we were going to be taking communion. And, uh, don't forget. And, uh, please say again, that others may listen, uh, where they can send their money?
0: Um, I'm going to mention this because the Lord keeps dealing with me to do it. I have always wanted to sponsor a teenager to take with us on these missions trips because you know that, and just like it did me, it changes a person's life when they've never been, Um, when they go into Indian villages like this and and see how other people live. So... um, the The trip is about twelve hundred dollars still twelve hundred thirteen hundred dollars, depending on what we have to deal with um, I know this trip in December we have a house down in Toledo district um that we're staying in that sleeps like four people, but we could actually get six in there um You know, I don't like to take big teams, but if God does that, then that's what happens. I'll be obedient, but I wanted to mention that about the kids. Um, You know, taking a teenager with us, we've always wanted to sponsor one. We haven't been able to do that yet. Um, And we would like to take a young person with us, um, usually a teenager, um, because you don't want to take little kids on a missions trip, but once they're teens, you know, they're ready to go. And, um, and it does a world of good for them. Um, if you want to give, it's Lucy Jane, L-U-C-Y-J-A-N-E-211 at gmail.com. And that's to give on PayPal. Um, you can email me at that same email, LucyJane211 at gmail.com. And uh, you can mail anything that you wanted to mail to Tiffany Adamey at 78- Shadow Moss Place, North Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, 29582. And um, I'm just believing, God, that this is going to be the year that we're going to be able to take a teenager with us and that God's going to send the right one.
2: Well, I tell you, it's going to be life-changing. And I uh, think uh, uh, if it's a local girl to you, where she can maybe even go into the prisons uh, or the uh, the jailhouse and 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 learn how to bring a person to Christ and i i i tell you this is a life-changing moment in your life and uh i'm going to talk about a life-changing moment right here right now, and it says in John 3 that Jesus says that whoever believes may in him have eternal life. What? Mm -hmm. Jesus says that whoever believes may in him have eternal life. Well, don't I have to earn it? No. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Believe in him. You mean this is a gift? Apparently it is. Yes. Apparently, you don't have to do anything. Yes, but you don't know what I've done. Well, he does. He knows everything that you've done. And it says in John 3, 17, For God did not send the Son into the world to judge the world, but that the world should be saved through him. What do you mean saved? In other words, not get what what you are worthy of receiving, but his gift of eternal life. Well, how do I do that? Well, if you confess with your mouth, it says in Romans 10, In verse 9, Jesus says, Lord, believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. You shall be saved. There's that word again. For with the heart man believes, resulting in righteousness, and with his mouth he confesses, resulting in salvation. You never Gave your life to the Lord? Why? Oh, you thought you had plenty of time. (laughs) No, no, I'm telling you, with the way the world is right now, you don't have all that time. But I'll tell you this. Let us give our lives together and say this prayer with me. Jesus Christ, I believe you are the Son of the Living God and that you died on the cross for my sins, all of my sins. And then on the third day, you rose again from the dead. And you rose to heaven to sit at the right hand of God the Father. Of my own free will. I accept you as Lord and Savior of my own free will. I invite you into my heart to be there 24-7 and that I can always call upon you and you will answer my prayers. Thank you, Lord for this being saved, for this offer, a gift of eternal life, because I've accepted you into my heart. Amen. Amen. Now, I want you to know this is the most important decision that you have ever made in your life. And if you have heard about this trip, you have to figure out a way to either raise money or to go to the And see the life unfold as told by the Bible of people being healed, of people being saved, of people being transformed in their lives. Drug ridden, you can be free of that just by asking. And if you've said the salvation prayer, God will take that desire away from you. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. This is the most important decision that you have made in your life. I'm serious about that. Amen. Now we're going to take communion. And I, uh, for those who have never taken communion before, I want you to know that the directions on taking communion are in First Corinthians eleven verses twenty-three to twenty-six, and in the last part of verse twenty-three. The Lord Jesus, in the night in which he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Take it now. Thank you, Mm. Thank you, Lord. You can tell it's, (laughs) mine is a cracker. (laughs) And in the same way, he took the cup also at the supper, saying this cup is a new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it. Hmm. As often as you drink it. In remembrance of me, you can't do it too often. With me, I take it daily because of not religion, but our relationship with the Lord. Thank you, Lord. For as often as you eat the bread and drink the cup, You proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. And some of you will be living when he comes. Believe me, it's sooner than you think. Just look around the world at what's happening today. And you can see That God is still in control. That his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, is coming back to our world. And that he is still in control. Amen and amen. And I just would like to say this, if I may. This is in Second Corinthians 6. God is speaking. At the accepted time, I listened to you. How about that? And on the day of salvation, I helped you. Was it today? Behold, now is the acceptable time. Behold, now is the day... Oh, salvation. And for some of you listening, this was your day. And it goes on to say, I will dwell in them. Who? The Lord. I will dwell in them and walk among them, and I shall be their God, and they shall be my people. I can't believe that. And I will be a father to you, and you shall be sons and daughters to me, says the Lord God Almighty. You see, it's not religion. It's relationship. Father God, we have honored you, Lord Shannon. <laughs> Shannon, my... my my son?
1: Yes, sir. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I'm excited to be here today, and um, thank you, Tiffany, for joining us. Again, if um, someone is just tuning in, uh, we will get this up in the archive here in just a bit. What would you like to title the show for the archives today?
2: Oh, yes. Well, we have this, the plan of God using you For his people.
1: Amen. Great title. Tiffany, thank you for joining us. And Brother Gary, be sure and get her back soon.
2: All right. And that's part two. Okay. Excellent. (laughs) God bless you both. All right. God bless. And thank you, Tiff.
0: Thank you. God bless you guys.
2: Okay.
1: And folks, uh, to find Brother Gary, you can get him at justintimeministries.com. Brother Gary, we love and appreciate you, my friend. Okay, let's save that. We'll be right back. John Terrell coming up next.